This is The Future of Money, a podcast where we hope to educate and get educated about the new world of blockchain and digital money. And my name is Eric Denbor, and I will be your host. Hi, and welcome again to Blockchain and the Future of Money. Today, we're going to talk about blockchain and real estate. And with me, I have our lovely Lee <laughs> and Craig from uh, Goki. So we are going to start asking him to present himself and talk a little bit about what he's doing and where he comes from. Okay, right yes. now? Yes. <laughs> Jump in. All right. Well, thanks, Eric. Thanks, Lee, for having us. Um, yeah, so my name's Craig Immel. Um, Eric knows me from uh, co-organizer of the Blockchain Northwest Arkansas meetup yep. group. Mm -hmm. uh, we've been going for about five or six months now. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I really was excited to network with people in the area and just talk about blockchain and see who's doing what in the space, see what I could learn, see what kind of like co-conspirators I can find to work yeah, on yeah, yeah. my uh -huh. project. You know? This area is growing like crazy when it comes to blockchain. I meet new people that are interested in blockchain every day. And out of the blockchain Northwest Arkansas group that you and I started, we actually ended up starting this group that every Sunday we meet at this coffee place uh, near the Fayetteville Mall. And of course, you guys are welcome anytime you want to. <laughs> and uh, and people are just, you know, we, we're meeting new people every day. And even uh, a funny story that, that we were there having coffee and we were talking about this. And just one random person just walked up. Oh, you guys talking blockchain? And just joined, you know. So that's wow. it was really cool. That's yeah, cool. so you're absolutely right. <laughs> the timing is perfect. And this is an area where blockchain and cryptocurrency and all of that stuff is just growing growing anyway yeah, i'm sorry i'm taking really up take, taking up your time no here. no no problem um so yeah i mean that's kind of how how we all kind of hooked up but um i'm working on a project of, of my own on uh building on the cardano blockchain and basically it has to do with getting real estate and real estate rights tokenized and uh kind of digitized in a way that they can be uh, recorded on the blockchains mm -hmm. and exchanged and traded on blockchains. So, uh, so it's so just a really tell interesting. Tell me how how do you go like? Um, tell, take it from the beginning. Let's say that I want to buy. Uh, I'm looking at a house. How are how how's the process going? From looking at the house, talking to a realtor, and then eventually getting all that information on blockchain. And uh, I, I think we at one point we're talking about, uh, you, you, you're talking about the, uh, the titles and stuff like that too coming on blockchain, right? Right. Am, am I right? Right, yeah. right. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely where the industry is going. So if you, I mean, just to step back a little bit, if you think about, um, you know, what we refer to as a chain of title of a piece of property, I mean, it, it's recorded in a centralized place uh, you know, presumably safely and securely for anyone to be able to come and inspect the records mm -hmm. from the public. They're also time-stamped. So we create what's called a chain of title. So it's in a, in a lot of ways, it's kind of like the original, it's almost like a blockchain in some ways. Yeah, it fixed that model. Yeah, 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 except for the fact that it's all centralized in one location versus the data living in a lot of different uh, computers. Mm -hmm. So um, 
basically, you know, what we're doing is um, one of the core products we're, we're working on. Well, we kind of have this three-pronged approach. So we're tokenizing properties and property rights using NFTs. Uh, but then we're also uh, creating a, these peer-to-peer uh, smart contract platform where two individuals um, maybe or maybe not using a realtor and a mortgage company um, can interact with each other securely. Let, let's start with tokenization. Okay. Let's start in that end. How does that work? So um, there, there are quite a few projects out there tokenizing real estate. And when a lot of people think of that, they think of like taking the title, basically almost like putting a digital wrapper around it. And we, I know you guys learned about NFTs at one of these previous sessions. So um, an NFT being a non-fungible token mm-hmm. um, is a, a, a really great um, kind of parallel to a paper title because you know every property is unique. I mean, by definition, like no two parcels of land can be identical, mm-hmm. and just like a one-of-one one NFT. So it ends up being this really nice tool to use. So basically, the most simple approach is uh, creating basically a version of a warranty deed on, uh, on the chain. So you have the token, you might have a nice image, you know, that kind of looks like a certificate, almost kind of like an old school deed would look. Uh, but you know, the, the important piece is the metadata that's actually recorded on the blockchain. So it's going to record something like, um, you know, a legal description is almost like the fingerprint of the property. I mean, that's what really makes it unique. Um, so you have a legal description, a parcel number usually that is, uh, assigned by like, uh, a tax assessor or a clerk in recorder's office, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a sa- township section and range or something like that. So basically you're representing this property uh, via this token. And you know, instead of there being this certificate recorded at a treasurer's office, basically you demonstrate your ownership of this property by nature of having this NFT in the wallet that you and only you control. You know, one thing that I was thinking about that because I have a friend that had property and he got a new neighbor and the neighbor came in and said, well, actually this partial here belongs to me. And he's like, well, no, not really because it's my family for so and so long. And then they had to go in and dispute the fact that, okay, this actually shows that this is mine and this is, this is yours, but there's his partial that was an older one. So therefore it showed that he had more land than the other one. These things in the future will go completely away then because if it's on the blockchain and this is what it is, then that is the partial you own, right? Yeah, I think so. So, you know, we talked about kind of the the existing system of recording titles and registering land and whatever term you use for it, depending on where in the world you live. Um, a lot of place, places are starting to think about putting that on a blockchain just to avoid disputes like that. Um, sometimes there are innocent disputes like that, but sometimes there are opportunities for fraud and things like uh, that. So it's yeah, yeah. it's an imperfect system. It's better system than exists in some other places in the world where they have no legal There's registration no of land, which yeah. is really interesting because there are people working in these countries. There's a, a project actually on Cardano called Landano, and they're in Ghana, Africa, mm-hmm. which 
is a country with a completely underdeveloped land registry system. And similar to the way that, you know, some societies kind of skipped landlines and went straight to mobile phones, mm -hmm. they're basically going to skip over this trying to build a land registration that looks like the what pa paper we have. way and then yeah. go straight to blockchain. We're going to go straight to registering oh, on that blockchain. Is, that is fantastic. There's this fundamental question, though, and this may not be the right place for us to have this conversation, but who, yeah, I mean, if there... I'm glad to hear you say that, you know, people are, or, or registries or uh, treasury offices, they can use blockchain to store sort of their records or what they already have on. But if you are giving it straight to people, it does seem like it's inviting quite a mess, especially when it comes to land. Yeah, and that's, that's the tricky part right yeah. now. It's like we're kind of trying to create this system that almost runs in parallel with the legacy system. Mm -hmm. So... Um, you know, it kind of boils down to like, you know, if Eric and I agree that we're going to exchange some token for this NFT, and we both agree that to us, this token represents the ownership of the property, you know, it, you know, it's, it's not absolute proof that I own the property or that he's going to own it. But, you know, I think someone would look at it as evidence and you could say, look, these two parties had a smart contract that's mm -hmm. re also recorded on the blockchain that when Eric sends Craig X number of tokens for payment and I send him back this NFT that, you know, our intention was to Make have this contract, contract and gotcha. execute the contract. Yeah. So, you know, at the end of the day, once that is all done, currently, yes, Eric and I still have to go down to Washington County Courthouse yeah. or wherever and sign off on the official paperwork. But yeah. someday, if Washington County is progressive and they put all their records on a blockchain, then the two systems operate um, More in together. tandem, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Well, I mean, you gotta start somewhere, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. exactly. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, yeah. we talked about tokenizations. Well, yeah. let me go okay. a little bit deeper than that. Okay, though. cool. So, right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so that's probably like the most simplistic view of what we're looking at doing. But like when you think about property and property rights, you know, when you look at a warranty deed, like basically it represents what's called fee simple ownership of property. But within that, there's what we call a bundle of rights, mm -hmm. which are like your right to possess a property, uh, uh, your right to sell it, your right to enjoy it. You know, there's four or five different kind of fundamental rights that go with that. And it kind of comes from old English medieval days where, you know, before there were really, before literacy was a widespread thing and there were there was obviously no digital <laughs> types of recordation of titles. Uh, you know, one way people would kind of symbolically transfer land was like gather up like a bundle of sticks and tie it with some kind of ribbon or something and hand it to the next person. So it just kind of over time, you know, legal frameworks evolve mm -hmm. just like everything else. So, you know, you can almost think of like the first NFT I described, like a warranty deed representation of a deed um, being like the, the string that ties the other bundles together. But, um, you know, when you think about all the different ways people use and finance real estate, there are opportunities to tokenize the individual rights within that and for certain periods of time. So if you think about like um, a lease agreement, so basically, you know, say Eric has a house 
you know, he owns, you know, he has a warranty deed, right? Mm -hmm. But for some predetermined amount of time, I'm going to have the right to possess the property. So I'm going to have my own rights within, within that property. And he has these other rights, you know, and we have an agreement over who owns what rights and when. Mm -hmm. um, and then you can get even a little more... It's kind um, of like a rent, uh, you know, if I rent it out to you and we yeah, make an agreement. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. exactly it's what it is. Yeah. I mean, that's what we call or a rental agreement. The, right? All the contingencies that are when you are buying or selling real estate, that there's often a lot of contingencies within the contract because yeah, it exactly. depends on a sale or it depends on something else happening over yeah. here. Yeah, so, I don't know yeah. how many times it's been like, well, I will buy you a house if I can sell my house. Yeah, of course. Right? Typical thing. That yeah, happens. there are things like that. And, uh, you know, a, a really exciting uh kind of evolution of this is the idea of options for real estate. So, Ooh, yes. um, you know, really we, we kind of landed on this idea because, you know, the project itself, Goki, has a mission of helping anyone who wants to have access to property ownership because, you know, here today in Northwest Arkansas, it's more and more out it's of reach more for difficult. a lot of people. And it's yeah. not just like the working poor who are having problems acquiring ownership. It's everyday people, middle-class people. And it's like <laughs> the gap is getting bigger all the time. So, uh, you know, in the past I started um, thinking about ideas like lease options and things like that. You know, it's, I won't give you the full history, but you know, like that is a great way for uh, someone who's a renter to kind of work their way into property ownership. This would be awesome for first time buyers. Yeah, it's perfect because you can, as a renter, if you have an option to buy a property yeah. later, which in itself, that option is a property right. It's kind of a future right, mm -hmm. and it's an asset, and it's an asset that can be tokenized and secured and maintain and hold value. Um, but yeah, so if you have a, a like a lease with an option to buy a house, yeah, like yeah. let's say I'm leasing your house and you give me an option to buy it for $200,000 in two, two years from now, and I'm like, okay, let's let's do it. So. I have this option to buy it for two hundred thousand, but let's say it's worth two ten or two twenty after that two years. Then I kind of automatically have this like built-in kind of equity mm -hmm. that you know normally as a renter you never you wa totally walk away from the rental agreement with like absolutely nothing. And nothing. To show that's for. Right. So, so yeah, that's the, really kind of what drove the idea is like how yeah, do you yeah 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 in this time and age like why shouldn't we use technology to help renters yeah. build some equity because they add a lot of value to the transaction and to their communities if they're a good renter, you know, yeah, they support yeah. local businesses. Is it appealing for the owners of the property to do this? You know, it really can be. So uh, that's one of the most fundamental questions is like, you know, why would I why would I do that as an owner? So a couple main reasons, like sometimes, let's say you've been renting out this house for a long time and you're thinking about retiring and you're like, you know, at some point I'm gonna sell this property so you're like, hey, you know what? Now I have this guy who's a tenant. He's renting from me. He's paying his rent regularly, and he wants to buy the house. So, you know, if I'm an owner, I'm thinking, okay, I already have a buyer for the house. He knows the house, warts and all. I don't have to necessarily go through the hassle of, one, making any kind of needed repairs that it would take to put it on the market. Maybe even the tenant feels comfortable enough in his option position that he makes repairs yeah, to the yeah, property, the, the, which a renter could, normally yeah, exactly. wouldn't do. Yeah, so if, if you have a rent-to-buy kind of deal, 
you can put it in the contract saying that if you keep up with the, the house and pay for the repairs and all that kind of stuff, then this is the price that we're going to sell it for. Yeah, and yeah, kind of, of an as-is price. Yeah, and, but, you know, you probably avoid, like, brokerage fees and things like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, Inspections. Which is, yeah. yeah. And that, that really adds up mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if, I mean, if it's 6 or 7%, you know, that's... Yeah, and, and well, and and the, the thing is that if you are rent to buy, and you sign a five or ten year contract, just imagine all the money that you don't have to put in to keep the repairs up. Yeah, you yeah, know? Mm-hmm. yeah. It could be it could be a lot, and you know, and you you might be able to avoid some of those like late night calls, like hey, my 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 sink is dripping. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like okay, well, this you have an interest in this house too, mm-hmm. so you need yeah. to. Yeah. You know, to kind of pitch in on the maintenance, which is, yeah. you know, not typically something you would ask of a renter. But, um, you know, what's interesting is like, this is something people can already do. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's um, sometimes these rent-to-own types of deals have gotten a little bit of a bad reputation because there have been some bad actors who come in and, you know, let's say you weren't a good upstanding guy. And, you know, I my two years is up. I say, hey, I want to buy you know, exercise my option now. And you're like, well, I know I said I'd sell it to you for 200,000, but it's worth 220. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to basically pull the rug out from under you and you can sue me, try to sue me if you want. And most yeah, renters are going to be like, well, in Arkansas, almost there are almost no renters' rights. Right, we are the worst in the country yeah, for yeah, renters' yeah. rights. So yeah. you're you're automatically in a position where you really your hands are really kind of tied. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that is like one of the great things I think uh, for renters in this is that again it's that the record that cannot yeah. be changed yeah. is such a fundamental idea to the power of blockchain. I think yeah. is this, that you're this protected in, a in smart that way. Contract, exactly. Right. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're there. We got yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, but you're absolutely right. I mean, like fundamentally, what you're doing is taking out this element of trust. You know, like if you're if I'm a renter and you know, and I don't know you at all, I'm like really putting a lot of trust in you, like that you are not going to screw me over at the end of the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the whole fundamental essence of blockchain is like you create these trustless, permissionless systems uh, that are immutable and code is law, you know, yeah. to, yeah. to yeah. use that quote. Um, so that's kind of the fundamental idea, at least on the kind of the peer-to-peer part of what we're doing. Yes. Okay. So peer-to-peer is awesome. Now, I wonder if, because often in buying and selling real estate, you're dealing with banks and right. with yeah. title companies and you're having to uh, um, borrow money. So when we get there, when we start interfacing with banks, how does this work? Does it work? I mean, I think it could, uh-huh. you know, um, you know, we're, we're not quite there yet. And we haven't even really started to think about that a whole lot, because when you do start to introduce uh, mortgage lenders and real estate agents into the transaction, um, you know, they're, they, those are professions that are fairly highly regulated. And Mm -hmm. there's a lot of, it just makes things much more complicated. So uh, you need need a lot more kind of permission, so to speak. Whereas two parties who just want to do something with their own property and money, like there's really no one overseeing what they can or cannot do. You know, it's like those are kind of fundamental property. Yeah, and in the future, Mm -hmm. who knows? I might buy a house in Bitcoin. Right. Possibly. Possibly. I mean, it's been done, you know, but, Mm -hmm. you know, we would like to create um, 
a system. So, you know, I can definitely see like uh, real estate brokers being involved. Um, so like, let's say you have a uh, someone who wants to buy and someone, let's say you're a real estate agent with a buyer. Okay. But maybe the buyer has kind of a non-traditional income situation or wants a certain type of property that is just doesn't fit the typical mold. I mean, you know, the, there's a system in place that, you know, takes, you know, properties and buyers and scores their credit and really adds a lot of standardization so that typically all these, at least in residential, these single family loans can be bundled and packaged and sold on Wall Street as mm -hmm. securities. Yeah. So for that to really work all the way down the line, there needs to be lots of check boxes and everything so that it provides some transparency as to the quality of the mortgages and the soundness of the borrowers. Yeah. Because that's what caused the last the housing crisis, which was the genesis of the birth of Bitcoin in the first place, right? Wow. Yes. Yeah. So yes, it really absolutely. all comes back to real yes, estate at the end really of the day. Does. That's so true. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. The irony. I know. <laughs> right? And in my mind, I'm like, it really, it's, it, at least it, it has a record, right? So even if we're not if you're going through all these processes so it can be bundled and be sold as a security, at least the next time that something happens, we can go back and see the actual record of what was the problem, kind of like we've analyzed yeah, the 2008. Yeah. One thing that I was thinking yeah. about is that if you have a renter, let's say that I own the house and, and he wants to rent to buy, <clears throat> and then we agree on the price that after 10 years uh, or whatever, then he can buy it for $200,000. Well, the nice thing for him is that he knows that the price is going to be $200,000. So we can have an agreement saying that I'm going to stay at this price. And let's say that the monthly rent is going to be $1,000, but you pay me $1,100 that goes into this escrow. Yeah. Right? yeah if you break the contract and don't want to buy it, or you leave for some reason or whatever, that money goes back to me. Yeah. But if you then buy the house from me, that money that sits in this kind of escrow, you know, uh, well, goes back into the buying. Mm -hmm. And not only that, that also includes interest or, or if you do it in crypto, the crypto value might go up and then suddenly you can buy the house for $200,000 of what the crypto value is for the day then, right? Yeah. Like Bitcoin, for yeah. instance. Mm -hmm. you know, so mm -hmm. those are options that you can do in these smart contracts too, right? Yeah, yeah. So you can create this, uh, you know, this options concept is really interesting because, you know, like if you, if you say, you know, you have this option and it's done with other kinds of financial products all over Wall Street, right? Mm -hmm. So it's just something that's never really been utilized in real estate very much, especially like single family mm -hmm. home real estate. But, you know, thinking forward, like, let's say I have this option to buy the house and, um, at, by the by, the time that two years rolls around, like let's say I got married and you know we had a, a kid on the way, and then oh wait, that ended up being twins, and all of a sudden the mm -hmm. house is too small, so I have to move, right? And it's like okay, I had an option for to buy this house. Um, that's cool, but it would be even better if I had a right to sell this option to someone else because you know I already own the asset the asset being oh, the option. Yes. And so I could sell this option to someone else. So let's say if if this option strike price is $200,000 and the pro the property is worth 220, 
then the option is worth at least twenty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, yeah. right? So I could sell it for like eighteen thousand bucks and like use that to apply to the purchase of the home that does actually work for me. It, the, so. it wow. really puts a lot of uh, power or, or you know or ownership in the renters and for future use because this is all stuff that just goes away today yeah you know yeah Yeah, and now we're setting something in you know it's uh, on the blockchain it can't be changed yeah you know and it gives them so many more options to start building something or building a future yeah like i said first-time buyers it's just going to be amazing yeah it could be huge so like you know let's say you have a first-time buyer you know like that's kind of non-traditional and then we would love for to be able to reach out to the real estate agent community and say, hey, look, if, you, if you're having trouble getting your buyer financed through traditional means, come check out Goki. Maybe we could help do something, you know, mm-hmm. and we see a future further down the road where we have like pools of lenders who are staking their tokens, tokens and right. creating passive income and creating this liquidity pool that could be offered to, um, you know, potential buyers. So... I mean, it's uh, it's hard to stay focused on just trying to roll out like one or two kind mm-hmm. of fundamental products because yeah. it's so exciting to talk about all the potential possibilities in yeah. this space. Yeah, and there's implications everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that yeah, is. We're just talking about real estate, but this could be boats. This could be cars. This could be all kinds of oh, yeah. physical yeah. objects in in the real world. Yeah, and it really does put um, the option of some ownership or power or being able to get some of your money back into the renter or the seller of if we're talking about a car or a boat or something like that. Like, you're right. It, right now, if that option, if you had an option that you were agreed upon and that you had to break, you just eat it. There's, yeah. there's no other yeah, recourse. No other yeah. right. And so this is, it's yet another way to sort of empowerment of people if we are able to go through this. But it sounds like also it's a very, it's a complicated process for someone, even if they're sort of new to blockchain or crypto. Well, Is that fair or not fair? I, I think it's fair. Okay. Uh, you know, the I, th- I think of this as like having a front end and a back end, right? So I feel like Goki's job is to make the interface simple. Right. So, you know, it's not like the two parties are going to have to sit down and write their own smart contract in their favorite programming language. Right. We're going to create like a simple user interface where it's going to be a platform for them to just go on like a website or something. You fill all the information in that you have and that automatically creates the smart contract. One thing that I was thinking about for time buyers you can actually even put it in there and say that kids that are coming out in life that has really good grades and they have been really, you know, part of the community and doing whatever, they will get some point system that actually for them, it gets paves the way a little bit easier to hmm. get. Uh, that's just a thought. I yeah, mean, no, we've but, thought about that. So many ways to incentivize good behavior yeah, yeah, these yeah. and to disincentivize the bad actors yeah, that yeah, are out exactly, there. Exactly, yeah just to, you know, provide a, a level of protection for buyers and sellers, you know, yeah. so. Um, but, but going back to GoKey, yeah. so GoKey's, what you guys are trying to do is simplify this for the people that are interested in doing this. For instance, on the website, you can go in, fill in information that you want to do uh, in the contract, and this creates a smart contract. What, what more? Would go- uh, yeah, so, you know, the buyer and seller have to kind of decide the structure of the deal. And this is something we're kind of still working on, like what's the exact process? Because, you know, uh, at the end of the day, you do have to 
create these tokens representing these different rights within this deal, right? So, but to do that, you have to know what the intentions of the buyer and seller are and what they're kind of mutually agreeing mm-hmm. agreeing to. So, you know, at some point, you know, you know, maybe we have a form that has buyer and seller kind of memorializing what it is they want to do. And our software says, okay, we're going to need these tokens to, to be minted. And, you know, that's a relatively easy process and that can be managed by smart contracts mm-hmm. primarily. Right now, it's if someone wanted to do that, you know, we would have to kind of manually be a lot of coding. Do this. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, like there, there's starting to be a lot of um, kind of low code, no code tools out there for minting yeah. NFTs and things yeah. too. Yeah. So every day it's getting easier, yeah. you know. Yeah. So right now, you know, over the last five, 10 years, people have been building like kind of this backend infrastructure, mm-hmm. all the technical stuff to make it all work. Now people are saying, okay, well, here's something that could be an application that could be built on top of this. And here's how we could build that plus a user-friendly interface and creating a, a, a non-intimidating user experience. Yeah, which is so key. I think. Uh, that, that reminds yeah. me of the early days of when you were building a website compared to how you build a website today because you can go in there and say, hey, I just bought a domain name. Here, I can go to a website, drag and drop everything and make my own website yeah. super simple. But in the old days, you have to sit there and code everything. Oh, yeah. And in the blockchain sphere, and you're absolutely right because I've seen that more and more happening now is that you can go to a site where everything you do will be drag and dropped and it just boom is on the contra- uh, yeah. uh, smart contracts for instance on the blockchain yeah so the the only difference is that instead of going on the world wide web it now actually firmly rooted in the blockchain mm-hmm. so that that well that's that's something we and need that's to get happening right now yeah. <laughs> i don't i don't know if you guys are familiar with wordpress the oh, yeah. cms yes. platform right who isn't right yeah. so um i remember like kind of working on my first websites that were really hard to build you kind of had to at least for me, I had to kind of hack my way through HTML and CSS a little bit just to get something very rudimentary up and online. So, um, you know, I think it's 2012, I really discovered the WordPress platform and, you know, immediately hooked because, you know, flash forward 10 years, they do have these really nice yes. drag and drop interfaces. Yes. So, yes. you know, that's a Web2 type platform, but um, we're working with a guy now uh, based in Australia who is creating a WordPress plugin called Cardano Press. So basically it's a plugin that just goes right into your web two WordPress platform. And you know, your users can uh, hop on your website and instead of having like a, a login, you know, that shares their identity and, you know, potentially puts their privacy at risk, mm-hmm. they connect their wallet. And the the plugin can look at what's in their wallet and if you hold this NFT or, you know, whatever parameters we want to create, like if you've been staking to this stake pool for X number of months or you have this number of tokens, like you can have access to this page or, I mean, it's really fascinating what people are already doing. So, I, I mean, yeah, it's, it's happening really fast. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You know, we can go on forever <laughs> I know, I talking like about this. This, just, this, like, this is so interesting. In. We, you know, we, I know we're running out of time. So... Maybe we should just invite him one more time and just continue talking a little bit more yeah. in depth because it feels like we haven't talked about the DAO system that you can do in there and you know and the, the whole using of NFTs and all that kind of stuff in this real estate sphere of blockchain or blockchain space of real estate. Yeah. Anyway, but before we 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 go, tell me 
where can we find you? Where, where, where do I go to find Goki? Yeah, well, the, the easiest place is our website. It's at goki.network. So G-O-K-E-Y dot network. Mm-hmm. Um, all of our socials are on there. You know, we're on Discord. Twitter is Discord and Twitter are probably our two primary accounts that we take the most care of. But, um, you know, it's all, it's all there. Uh, our light paper is there, which kind of gives a high level overview of all the things we're working on and mm-hmm. why we're doing it, why we think it's important yeah. and uh, all of that. So I'd invite everyone to check it out. GoKey.network, right? Yes, that's right. right. Awesome. And again, thank you guys for joining us. And um, we hope to see you next guy, next time. And oh, and don't forget to come and visit us at Blockchain NWA at Meetup anytime. Yes, I'll see you guys later. Right. Bye.